0: Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us. Today on the podcast, we got Rob Croyle. Hello. Myself, Logan, and a special guest, Glenn Ayler. I'm not exactly sure how special I am, but thank you. Super special. Thank you. Super special. Mm. Joining us today, we were setting up for Christmas Eve, and we're like, let's lasso him in to footnotes. Yeah. And he, being a great sport, willingly accepted.
1: Sounds like fun.
0: Uh, we only had to, you know, drag him in.
1: I'll be collecting that check later, right. and uh, the rest of you all can just make sure you give more tithe <laughs> in order to cover the cost of, of,
0: of this. Our, yeah, yep. We doubled your volunteer bonus.
2: We haven't had to use duct tape before. This is our first first time. <laughs> it is the first time. A special we... guest.
1: I'm not sure if they're going to duct tape me to the chair or if they're going to duct tape my mouth closed. We don't know yet either. Yeah. It's
0: going to be exciting. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Stay tuned. All right. <laughs> Stay
2: tuned. <laughs> okay.
0: Perfect. Uh, so we'll start it off with a little bit of shortcomings here. Rob, you wanted to talk about the fact that I really am good at pronouncing.
2: Go ahead. What is it?
0: Ahaz. Uh, <laughs>
2: did I get that right? Did I get? Did I get it? So, <coughs> growing up in the church, I've always heard of Ahaz.
0: Ahaz, which here. as soon as you said that, I was like, "Oh, yeah, is that guy's name?" But
2: but you said uh, Ahaz. Ahaz. Ah. Ahaz. ahaz. Well, that's how it looks. Yeah. It looks
0: like a ha with a z. <laughs> well, I think I was still going from uh, the hurrah.
2: Oh yeah, ha ha ra ha ra,
0: the the ha ra or whatever ha ra, in, in your heart that we had it during Jonah. Yeah, and so I was like, well, oh a a's and h's, it's a ha, it's got to be a ha aha.
2: Well, we should ask Marty how to pronounce this because Marty will typically use the Jewish pronunciation, <clears throat> uh, just from his or background. at least he'll know and, it. Yeah, so a lot of times. Uh, in his sermons, you'll you'll hear him use... Moshe. Moshe instead of Moses.
0: Jacob. That's and one of my um, for Jacob. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking,
2: Ya-cob. wow, you know, Logan's done his research. You know, did
0: I ever? Did I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and it showed because, you know, for uh, 55 years in the church, and that's the first time I've heard of ahas. <laughs> so... I was know, I'm just very impressed. Just that,
0: enlightening the people. Uh,
1: you know, the things that you learn <laughs> when you move north to Montana. Oh, geez. His
2: name actually comes from a word that means uh, he has grasped, and it's Ahaz. I don't know if I got enough lemon there. Ahaz.
0: Uh, that was pretty good. Yeah.
2: that's. Uh, or at least it sounded good. So I think your Ahaz is probably...
0: At least not completely wrong.
2: No, I think it's probably closer than Ahaz. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Ahaz is typically an American way to say it, though, and I really kind of appreciate the traditional
0: American. Murica. Murica. It's the Murica translation of the there Bible. Yeah, Murica translation Inside. of the Bible. That's it. And I'm going to go eat a quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
2: You should get all over there. It's like Arkansas and Kansas. Like, come on. One you know, of those names is, is pronounced incorrectly.
0: Pronounced, pronounced,
2: pronounced, <laughs> definitely pronounced.
1: It's like the S on Illinois.
0: Oh man,
2: uh, no, yeah, Arkansas. That's so our, Illinois. That's French.
0: That's we, we get. You got to blame that on the French there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, but that... Arkansas and Arkansas. I you know I didn't notice that until probably only a couple years ago. I was like, wait a second.
2: It's either good because
0: Arkansas has Kansas in the name. Why is why which ones? Either I don't know how you p- because, because ca- we're not. In, I don't know in Kansas anymore.
1: Doesn't sound quite as right as we're Toto. Not we're in- not in <laughs> Kansas.
2: <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Can you imagine if they change the name and then they and they have to redub? Toto, <laughs> Toto, we're <laughs> not, not in Kansas anymore. Oh jeez.
0: Oh man. Well, there you go. So that's shortcomings. The other the other thing is I'm pretty sure I had the longest Advent sermon.
2: Nice. Nice. Well, you had to do more recap than I did.
0: I did have to do more recap. We'll blame it on that. Sure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the fact that I got carried away with the stats
2: of Christmas. <laughs> oh,
1: I thought those stats were never going to end. I'm sorry. Weren't they I, fun,
0: though? Um, no. Up to a point. Up to a point. Okay. I was just, I was, I was, I had so much fun with those stats. It was
1: a lot of information. And, you know, if I had known that I would have probably been taking notes because it was a lot of information. I wondered if I should have just done a handout. Oh well, it's still not too late. You still have a few more
0: days left in the year. We so. could just do a. This is your Christmas handout at Christmas mm-hmm. Eve of Ooh. all of the stats yeah. of how we are terrible consumers. Now, don't
1: take him literally on that. Just go ahead and show up.
0: Don't be afraid. Yeah, I'm not actually going to do a handout. Give you homework. I, but. I've got too much stuff to do to come up with that.
2: Well, the other side could be like directions on how to make an origami bird. Yeah, and so go. if you don't like the stats or don't want, want to fold read the them stats, up. you could just origami your way out of the. I like problem.
0: that. I like that. That's nice. How to make an origami Christmas tree, maybe.
2: I wonder if that's how they pronounce it in Japan.
0: Yes.
1: We're going to go with sure. Yes. I'm going to say yes because, you know, the Japanese alphabet is different than ours. And real quickly, their vowels are a, e, u, e, and o. So, yes, origami. Uh, so, yeah, that
0: would work. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you are. This is why we got Glenn on here today. That's why I'm here. Boom. Apparently, I needed, you needed to we know needed, what the we Japanese alphabet We is. needed that. There you my go. My goodness. <clears throat> All right. So, moving, moving forward here, uh, we've been talking about Christmas Trist, traditions. I speak good. Christmas traditions this entire series. And uh, I thought you might be tired of hearing just about my traditions and Rob's traditions and my traditions and Rob's traditions because that's what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought we'd get a little uh, a little outside input here with with Glenn and uh, what Christmas looks like for the Ailers.
1: So... Now, this is going to be different because you guys th- just moved. This is a, that Benet- we don't even have a tree this year. We have a poinsettia. Apparently, okay. that is the new Aylers tran- uh, tradition. In our Class A motorhome that we live in, all 187 square feet of it. We can't
0: tell you the location because his kids might be able to find. Yes, them.
1: and then I would have to move again, and um, Rob and Logan don't have time to come re-skirt <laughs> me. So, <laughs> oh,
0: <geez>. oh
1: wait, <laughs> that's a whole other story we, about. We uh, put some
0: skirting around um, the around the around motor the home, RV, just to clarify mm, that. Yeah, yes. not you know,
1: not around Glen. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, me,
0: the me you were referring to, was the motorhome, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly. The the royal. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Mission Ridge. We're close. <laughs> yeah,
1: boy. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, we have a um, we have a poinsettia and okay. one ornament, one ornament mm-hmm. on the poinsettia. Uh, it's sitting it, um, just under the poinsettia. Just under yeah, it. Mm-hmm.
0: What? So what is this one ornament?
1: It is a little red, elfy, y looking thing. I don't know. It was given to us by a
2: neighbor. All right. Yep. We could loan you an eight-foot Christmas tree if you want.
1: Oh yes, that would be awesome. I could put it outside under (laughs) the stars. Oh wait, I'm in Montana. I don't need that.
0: I think I think next year. I think next year there needs to magically be a large Christmas tree that just appears on top. Now I would like that if there
1: was an if there was one on top of the RV, and so it looks
0: like it's coming out of the RV. looks like uh oh shades uh, of national lampoon yeah exactly shades of national lampoon looking Mm. like it's coming out of the out of the rv yeah
2: Yeah. i was thinking through the front grill
0: oh that
1: would also be except for the front grill has already been skirted so you'd have to we'd have to redo your work so oh i think we can make
2: it work
0: i i think with a little bit of effort
1: i think we we
2: just we paint a grill on the skirting And, okay,
0: so I thought we and, were doing a little
1: bit of effort. Now we're then, talking a lot of effort. So and then a tr- little yeah. bit of effort.
2: A, a tree, head that direction, you know, and then a little bit of blood coming off. Oh my
0: gosh! <laughs>
2: okay, so cr-
1: should we stop cr- and get some reindeer? This is the Christmas too? tree massacre right there. <laughs> well, yeah, my, my goodness. Add a little reindeer <laughs> roadkill
0: <laughs> and um... this footnote took a twist. Wow, that's what happened. Took a twist.
1: I'm, I have very dark side my goodness Mm.
0: i kind of enjoyed it personally uh we'll see what the viewership does (laughs) uh yeah so this questions concerns and comments to gus at life or otp.com uh but anyway Mm. yeah so this one's a completely different christmas we have
1: always had a massive amount of christmas decorations okay um
0: was that that my, was a that was a big thing that you guys really got into it? Yeah.
1: Well, my mother, um, oh, she okay. was a really big uh, Christmas decorating. She every year after uh, Christmas she'd go to the fifty percent on sale <laughs> and buy three or four more of the same things we already had. So That's we i do with Christmas lights this year? We have these huge totes. Um, my daughter in Southern California now has them. They're now in her garage at. At some point when we started downsizing to move from our 1,800-square-foot uh, home into 187-square-feet, I mean, we really got rid of everything, and we were able to pass all those things off to the kids. And actually, it's um, it was really quite emotional. I was uh, watching, or what do you call that, video chatting with mm-hmm. my grandkids and my daughter, and I realized... Her house was decorated with all of the Christmas oh, yeah. things that had been in her life, you know, for her th- almost 30 years, and then had been in my life since, yeah. you know, so for 60 so years.
2: Third generation. Yeah. So yeah. there I, That's I, cool.
1: I, and it was, she says, Dad, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't know. But I'm looking at your house and I'm seeing all of 60 years mm-hmm. worth of memories. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it was. That's yeah. super cool. So it's really, you know, when we started downsizing, <laughs> sidebar, uh, uh, we couldn't get our, our millennial kids to take any of our junk. They don't want it. They didn't want mom's sure. china. They didn't want grandma's table. You know, the things that we thought... Oh, these things need to be passed down. And they just like, oh, I don't want it. But I was able to get my daughter to take the Christmas stuff. And, All right. Mm. And then I found out just recently that my daughter that moved to Indiana, she actually did keep our dining, our family dining room table. Oh, cool. And her husband had it redone for the family for their first Thanksgiving in their new home. So, oh, you wow. know, cool. it's, it's nice that there's a little tradition that's being carried on. Sure. You know, nice. Uh, we like the biblical traditions, you know, and we all have those things. But when you have these little things, especially when a family moves from one central location and now we're in three geographically sure. diverse parts of the country, it's nice to be able to see a little glimpse of that cohesiveness for the family. Yeah. In, in each, no, home.
0: that's a really good point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, or so you can't have it's actually, I think, a nine foot tree, and you can't have it because it was my parents. And I don't particularly love this tree. Like, I wouldn't have gone to the store and said, wow, that's a tree for me. But because it was my parents right, right. and because we have their decorations now, you know, that connection to that history, I think, is really, really mm-hmm. valuable.
1: Oh, I agree. Yeah, you have to keep it. And you have a very tall ceiling in your new home, so you could probably make that work. Probably looks good well, in there. Work well for Actually looks time. really good. Yeah. yeah. Nice.
2: Nice. Yeah, yeah, right at the end of the uh, dining room table, ooh, towards the window.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A nice spot for that. Yeah, good call. Good call. Yeah. We
2: need new, we need a new angel. We had a we've had a Christmas tree angel for the top of our tree, and it doesn't fit this particular tree. So,
0: I suggest a Millennium
2: Falcon. Oh, yes, yes. You're welcome. Yes. Um and convincing my wife that'll be fun but
1: well you should take the one I, it'll just have. magically
0: appear it'll be a Christmas miracle <laughs> I don't know I don't know how I had anything to do with that but you know just saying
1: and since Joy just recently moved out you should give her the one that you have and that you would pass be that right along yeah her she day.
2: is she's gonna take uh, so I think we still have her tree <clears throat> in our house so Joy bought a tree last year. She was really sad that she couldn't put up grandmother's tree. Okay. And um So she just got her own. So she got her own. And that's what we put up last well done, year because we didn't have and she knew she was moving out soon. Sure. So yeah. so now she's got a tree and, and she gets the angel. Perfect. But, yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Pass that traditional yeah, one.
1: Now if you just start divvying up all of those Christmas ornaments now, you won't have to wait until you downsize to a small house. You just already have
0: gotten rid of them. Yeah. This there you go. makes it easier. See, on the other hand, my parents will never downsize. Um, they just keep ups- upsizing. And my mom just keeps collecting Christmas things. So someday I'm just going to have a lot of Christmas things to go through.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. i bring them over. We'll decorate your RV. When my mother passed, that's how it was. We had so many of Oh, my goodness. Yep.
2: My grandmother lived in the same house for, like, 40 years, and when she moved out, several families had enough toilet paper for a year. Yeah. Because she had all these little nooks and crannies, you know, where she could stuff things in. It was a ginormous house. I mean, she had, I don't know, seven kids. Okay. So it was a big house on the south hill of Spokane, and, and uh, you know.
0: It's amazing how you accumulate the stuff like mm-hmm. that. Oh. Cool. Yes. Boy, is it. Cool. Hmm. Well, that's fun. I I like I really like the uh I had no idea you were going to bring that up about the your daughter having that and creating that cohesion between the families. And you bring up a good point because it's it's not just the biblical traditions, but like some of the just legit nostalgia like um I know you know my family does we still do uh stockings from Santa. Uh like those show up every Christmas magically. Right. Don't know how they get there. If there's any, you know, young kids, it's obviously Santa showing up with them. Hmm. Um,
1: My mom always put an orange and a walnut in their out. stocking, in the toe of the stocking. You know, there's always an orange in there, oh, an orange, yeah, an orange and a walnut. I don't
0: know the walnut. I don't
1: mm. know.
2: <laughs> Mine may get a chocolate orange this year. That if hmm. we're
0: lucky, that's what's down there. Mm. Well, you know, that would be an upgrade on that tradition, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. <laughs> I, hmm. I'm, I'm also a fan of that. Yeah. I will take chocolate orange over regular orange any day.
2: When we would go to my grandmother's on my dad's side, my aunt would buy everybody a bar of soap and a special towel. Little hand towel. And so all of us grandkids would get a little package and we knew what it was and you know that was one of my favorite memories. Mm. You know, I was thinking in terms of, um, you know, we've been talking about like how culture, you know, did we adopt, did we adopt, you know, culture's approach on, on, on various things, like like the tree. Yeah. You know, but if, you're, if your way of celebration of whatever it is, you know, that you were celebrating before you came to know Christ, if your way of celebration is through... Through singing, um, or or through dancing, or through, you know, decorating a tree. Sure. And now you go, oh, that was that. That's a false god. That's a, you know, that that doesn't really satisfy that whatever. You know, and and you realize, wait a minute, Jesus is is the creator of everything and he created trees and and so man I'm going to bring this tree in my house and I love the smell of it and it re- reminds me of grandpa when he did this and grandma when she put this on the tree and but we're going to celebrate Christ in the midst of this and so you redeem that old practice and you start practicing you know something new I I don't have a problem with that
1: yeah I don't think it really becomes a an issue of culturally appropriating things. It just is, we take what's familiar to us and then we assign it a new meaning. Yeah. You know, and that's what God does for us. He takes what's familiar to us. Absolutely. He takes our souls. He takes all of our sinful nature and then he assigns a new meaning to it. And we we come out of that process a, a, in a rebirth. Yeah. You know? It, the scriptures tell us to be a, to be born again by the renewing of our mind. So renew we had this convers started to have this conversation earlier about thought processes. Oh yeah. And how we think about things and how we view things. Well, how we view a partridge in a pear tree depends on how mm, we you know lunch. what
0: hmm? <laughs> Rob said, mm, lunch. lunch. I, I see There lunch. you go, lunch. Yeah. So, you know, how to I you, argue. it has a
1: completely different meaning than it does right. to my German grandparents. So, <laughs>
2: there you go. I <laughs> have of Germans out there. I apologize. I was just hungry. Oh, jeez.
0: Is, is that it comes from Germany? I think so. I don't, I don't actually know. French, the, maybe. France. I don't but, actually know the history of the... I
1: don't either, but I know that my grandparents would have had a completely different understanding of something from, mm-hmm. you know, basically 70 years ago than we at, than the way we see it today, because we don't even really sometimes know what the meaning is. We just mm-hmm. do it. You know, have you ever heard that story about the old lady who uh, was making her family's Christmas ham, and she was telling her daughter, well, this is how you do it. You cut off the end and you put it in the pan. And she says, why do we cut off the end? And the mom said, I I don't know why we cut off the end. That's just what my mom did. So she went to her mom and she said, why do you cut off the end of the ham when you put it in the pan? She says, I don't know. That's the way my mom did it. So they went back to the grandmother. And then grandmother says, well, because when your grandfather and I were first married, the ham wouldn't fit in the pan we had. So I had to cut off the end. It had no meaning, but yet to that family it meant something because that's how they did it for generations was they cut off the end of the ham. Sure. And for no no apparent reason other than that's what, that's we, do. what we do. So a lot of our tra- sometimes tradition is just that's
0: what we do, and that's sure. okay. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Um, part of the Part of the thing that we've been talking about through the series here is taking those traditions, which there's nothing wrong with them, but just becoming intentional about it mm-hmm. now. Um, maybe you come up with some silly story about why we cut the end off of the ham and throw some biblical. You know, I don't. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, you can get carried away with those and make those like gospel truth. And we're gonna die on a hill of no. We must do Easter eggs, or you know, like, eh. yeah. yeah.
2: If you start celebrating Odin <clears throat> and Christ, at Christmas... now we got an right, issue. Now we have an issue. Amen. There you go. There you go. You're...
0: Now you're letting in the other right, yeah. There's a difference between taking a a a practice of celebration and a worship practice. Um, You know, is this is this a is this a harmless celebration or is this an altar that needs to be torn down? Right,
2: right. And my my wife would with our kids. She's very intentional with her kids when it came to Santa Claus. And you may, if you have younger children in the room, you may want to ask them to leave because. Yeah, go ahead and ask him to leave. I don't want to ruin Christmas for you. (laughs) But um, she would talk to him about who St. Nicholas was and what he did. And she would say, you know, and he was a good man that lived at one point. He's he's not alive today. But, you know, and so we celebrate, like, we incorporate Santa into our Christmas, or we did at that time, because... Mm Uh, there was a there was a man that did some good things and we value what he did and and uh but ultimately what we really celebrate is Christ because Christ has died but he rose again where Saint Nick did not rise again and so our kids knew at a very early age that that santa was is dead <laughs> Santa <laughs> and, is dead uh we we got in trouble more than once. <laughs> Um the first time was at a family outing and um And
1: you outed that Santa was dead?
2: And some my uncle It was joy. My uncle asked I'm calling um, it it was joy. It was probably one of my boys the first time this ever happened was probably okay. one of my boys.
0: I could see Jacob doing this too.
2: Yeah. So Jacob a number of times, but they're like, oh Santa's dead. You know, what are you getting <laughs> from Santa this year? Oh Santa's dead. Um, my uncle was so <laughs> mad about that. And <laughs> And then, uh, then there's a time that we're on the uh, Santa cruise from Lake Coeur d'Alene, and we're going out towards the North Pole, which was weird because we're heading south. Um, but we were going <laughs> to, the, to the North Pole. It's Idaho. You know. We don't know what directions. What yeah. Are, what those? Uh, you know, and, and this kid's like, I'm so excited to see Santa. And Jacob goes, Santa's dead.
1: and And the little boy just burst into tears and
2: I I don't know if the little boy totally hurt him Um, but I I go Jacob it's okay if people believe the Santa's alive I mean he's a little kid he goes oh you're right dad and he goes I was just joking (laughs) 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 but the classic one was when we go into the doctor's office and the and the doc uh, the receptionist looks over the counter and Joy was short
0: i knew there was a joy story oh she
2: was tiny and with the sweetest face in the world she says santa's dead and and the horrified look on <laughs> because because you know joy is you know it's one of those things where you know when you have two older siblings you you learn about things sooner oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there's yes. a lot of things you learn about sooner because you know, the you're secret the third. doesn't keep yeah right yeah and so yeah for sure that was oh, uh man. Oh, that was one of those moments where, like, can we go now? (laughs) I mean, he is dead, but, you know, yikes. we just, you think we're...
0: Horrible, horrible people. We
2: are horrible, yeah. Sort of black Christmas is
0: going
1: on over the coils. If people knew and put it in the correct context, your kids are just, you know it's actually a very very, well-educated it's very just well-educated right
2: and that Uh, was not the message that christy was trying to get across to the kids like that was not (laughs) the main focus of the message oh man that was so many great moments so it was like good
1: so i just read a thing today about when children come to the realization that there's no santa a good way to transition them so that they don't make those kind of faux pas and destroy it for other children is to let them know that now they have an opportunity to become Santa. Mm. So now that you're aware that Santa is the, a spirit and an idea, you get now to guard that secret yep. and you have a responsibility now to look around and see who needs some a gift given to them, and you get to become, A type of Santa. It's Mm. not a bad way
0: to do it, right? I I I saw that that
1: and I thought, well, that's you know, I kind of wish I had that tool. Way more
2: redemptive. It's not nearly as much fun. I mean, it's not nearly (laughs) as much fun as Santa's dead, Dead, right? But you know, Black Christmas
0: tears. But it that is that is a that is redemptive for for sure. Santa was this
1: guy, and Santa did live, and Santa is dead, and in his memory, we all act as Santa and carry on that. Tradition of love and generosity, and now, now that you know, Johnny, you have that awesome responsibility of helping us to continue on the the tradition of.
2: I like giving. that giving. I like that a lot. That's that's pretty cool. Some people cool. out there are, are thinking, thinking deeply. The rest of us will just need yeah, to you model know it borrow from, <laughs> borrow from their wisdom, steal oh uh,
0: that's fun that's fun cool well let's uh let's dive into it's been it's been a lovely conversation uh but let's dive into some content on ahas. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if i could say it different every single time <laughs> so uh the the passage one of the one of the advent passages this week was isaiah seven chapter uh yeah isaiah chapter seven verses ten through nineteen um so uh <clears throat> ten through maybe it was ten through sixteen. No. Uh, yeah, ten through sixteen, not nineteen. I'm dyslexic-ing that. Um and I broke down a little bit of the context here uh with uh aha. Because <laughs> uh, what's what's going on here? I you know, at first I was reading this passage and it, it didn't I was like, well what obviously there's the emmanuel reference of like okay so it's prophetic all right this is why it's in there what do i but like what do you what do you talk about with that um i started looking up some commentaries on this and um this one commentary that i got into started fleshing out some of the history of what's going on the context of what's going on with this kingdom and this power struggle um which if I would have just gone further back in the chapter seven, like it talks about it. If you go from, uh, verse one, uh, the Confederacy of Rezin and Pekah, sounds like Picard, but these are the, the two Northern Kings that I talked about with Israel and Syria. They've, they've double teamed, right? They've teamed up. Um, and so it starts talking about that. They're going to team up against the Southern kingdom of Judah. Um, when they've got this, they've got this plan. Uh, they've planned evil against you, saying, "Let us go up against Judah and terrorize it, and make for ourselves a breach in its walls, and set up the son of Tobiel as king in the midst of it." Right. And then we get down to uh, uh, verse uh, verse seven. Thus says the Lord God: It shall not come to, shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. Uh, for the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin. Um, And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is the son of Rum. blah, blah, blah. Um, But he says, uh, right at the end of verse 9, the thing God says to Ahaz, or Ahaz, uh, if you will not believe, you shall surely not last. So this is, and this brings into this whole context of believing and meeting with God, which is where I went with the sermon there with that. Um, But I thought it'd be good just to give a little bit more context as to what's going on there, which takes us back. Obviously, you can read in chapter seven there of Isaiah. But if we go back to um, flipping there, I think it's second Kings. I've got a bookmarked. Yeah. Second Kings chapter 16. Um, This is the this this is one of the weaker points for me. Um, is just in Bible studies, is knowing kind of where all the pieces, because it gets a little jumbled in the prophets mm-hmm. and the historical stuff of like Kings and Chronicles and stuff like that of where, like where did the different sections fall and fit together? Um, and so putting this into context for me kind of really opened up this, oh, Ahaz was never going to, like he was never going to just submit to God. He already had this plan that is outlined, this whole story is outlined in chapter 16. Um, so we're not going to read the whole thing, but uh, we're going to go verse, uh, probably verse 5 of chapter 16 here. So then Rezin, king of Aram, which we talked about, and Pekah, son of Ramallah, king of Israel, um, which is the Samaria capital came up to Jerusalem to wage war, and they besieged Ahaz, but could not overcome him. At the time of Rezin, king of Aram, covered Alath for Aram, and blah, 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 came to and lived there to this day. Okay, so they're attacking Jerusalem. Uh, So Ahaz, or Ahaz, sent messengers to the king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and deliver me from the hand of the king of Aram and from the hand of the king of Israel, who are rising up against me. This is, this is when I was talking about he had this plan, and he was never like, nope, nope, I'm not looking for a sign from God. I've already got this figured out over here. I'm going to go to the bigger king. I'm going to just skip these two kings, and I'm going to go to the bigger king and get him to save me, and I'm going to submit to him. And so it says, uh, Ahaz took the silver and gold that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house, and sent a present to the king of Assyria, so he robs the temple. He strips the gold and the silver from the temple from the house of God to send his tribute to the king of Assyria to bail them out this is This is like the opposite of what you Such should a do bad plan like this is the opposite of what you should do uh. So uh, the king of Assyria listened to him, and the king of Assyria went up against Damascus and captured it and carried away the people of it into exile. So king of Assyria comes in and saves them. Um, Now king Ahaz went to Damascus to meet uh, the king of Assyria and saw the altar which was at Damascus. And king uh, Ahaz Ahaz sent to Uriah the priest the pattern of the altar and its model according to all its workmanship. So he goes up to Damascus, to the king of Assyria, he sees this altar that they have, and he sends back the plans for it to his chief priest, and then Uriah the priest built an altar according to all that the king had commanded and sent from Damascus. Thus Uriah the priest made it before the coming of King Ahaz from Damascus. So when the king saw, came from Damascus, the king saw the altar, then the king approached the altar and went up to it and burned his burnt offering and his meal offering and poured his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his peace, peace offerings on the altar. So not only, not only did he rob the temple of God to like, broker this deal, he goes up, and now right. because he's brokered this deal, he's bringing back in the worship of these foreign right. gods into, into Judah into the kingdom. Like, this is the exact, like, this is what, like, this is what God said. Like, surely, if you don't believe, surely you're not going to last. Because we see this constantly throughout the entire, like, the entire story of the kings fall away, they stop worshiping God, and their kingdoms fall apart. Right? And so this is the context of what's going on um, with that, with the, uh, the prophecy that Isaiah is giving him. Um, and so it, the story continues on. They talk about the altar some more. Um, Uriah the priest continues to do what Ahaz wants, um, etc., etc. And then uh, down in 19, Now the rest of the acts of which Ahaz did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Ahaz slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. Um, And his son Hezekiah reigned in his place. So,
2: Now for context. Yes. Read the prophecy, the promise again. 'Cause we haven't done yeah. that today. We did that during yep. the sermon.
0: The Isaiah, which which one are you talking about? The the seven where he promises like surely you'll be um the the son. Oh the sun. Okay. <clears throat> uh so starting in Isaiah seven, chapter chapter seven, verse ten. Lord spoke to, as, again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Make it deep as Sheol or high as the heavens. But Ahaz says, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Which on the surface sounds okay until we put it in this context.
2: The the second part of it doesn't. The the second part of it, I will not test the Lord, that's actually biblical.
0: Yeah. The yeah. first part... That I will not ask? I will not ask. There you go. There you go. That...
2: Yep. that the Lord said, ask.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Ask for a sign. Like, God's telling you to do this. And, and, and he's like, no, 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 I won't do yeah, it. I'm not going to do that. And, and, I'm not going to, I'm going to do he, anything he but that.
2: is, as, as tries pro- to back it up. Problem is, this is a hard issue, right? Yep. All the way through, this is a hard issue. Like, there's yep. no trust here. There's, That's a good right. point. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then Isaiah says, listen now, O house of David, is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men? That you will try the patience of my God as well. Ooh, I like what translation. NASB. I like how they yeah. do that. That's yeah. tasty. Um, Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. You didn't ask, but you're, you're going to get. Gonna it. Ask, you're going to get one anyway. Yeah. And this is what it's going to be. Yep. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Now we we take obviously we said that... I said this in the sermon. We take this as being a future prophecy because we see this fulfilled in Matthew. Of this virgin thing but when you're reading in the original hebrew it wasn't necessarily a like this was just a giving birth to a child sort of thing it's more here now like look this is happening right in front of you um he will eat curds and honey at the time he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good for before the boy will know enough to refuse evil and choose good the land whose two kings you dread will be forsaken so like if you just believe all you gotta do is believe before two years is out, like these guys are gonna be gone. All you got to do is believe. Yeah, just like yeah. believe in the plan that I got for you. Just do it. It brings me back to Cain enabled. Like but if you don't, no, do, I'm not even like why, ask. why. Why don't you just do what is right, Kane? If you just do what is right, like don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just do what is right. Oh man, choose the good, refuse the evil.
2: Well, what's interesting is. Ahaz, ahaz, King A.
0: King see when when we say Ahaz, I think of Ahaz and the big white whale. <laughs> that's Ahab. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's what I that's what I think of. I'm like, Ahaz and the white
2: whale. Uh you know You know the question so I was looking at uh a book by Abraham uh, Heschel on this uh, called "The Prophets," and he's a Jewish writer on on the prophets, the Jewish prophets, and and he says he doesn't question Ahaz's faith in God. Uh, what he sees the problem is is that that maybe Ahaz does have the ability, does have a personal relationship with God all the way through this. It's his public relation. Like it's one thing to lead yourself, mm. you know, and trust God with things concerning yourself. Sure, but but what happens when you're asked to lead other people, lead a nation, lead a church, lead your neighbors, which is, which is what we've been talking about with our traditions. What kind of traditions are you building? Yeah. What for are, yourself, and what story are they telling people for your for your family? You know, like. A, it gets messier when you when you try to lead your family for the first time to read the the gospel account of you know the of the birth of Christ mhm you know and that's never happened before like ooh like are people what were people going to think about this you know what you know how many people are going to object to this you know like like that to lead your family in that way for the first time is challenging sure but then engaging your community or engaging a larger group like for for some reason that's more challenging it's harder and and so maybe Ahaz has would normally respond well to the Lord's leading in his own personal life but but he doesn't God doesn't leave it there like God he might have it,
0: but he's not putting it on display.
2: You're the king, like yeah, and and he leads the entire nation away from the worship of the Lord mm-hmm. by building like like. I don't think he intended to do that, but one step leads to the next. I'm like, once you're in bed with the,
0: with the Assyrian, yeah,
2: yeah, with the Assyrian king, once you're in bed with him, like, and they're like, well. You like my altar? Oh yeah, that's a beautiful altar. Oh, nice altar.
0: Yep. You know,
2: don't don't you think you should have one of these in, in your temple? Oh yeah, we should def
0: oh yeah, we should oh, definitely got- have one of those. Oh,
2: oh you can hand me a pencil and, and paper and, and I'm gonna sketch this out. Okay. Oh okay. You know,
0: well, like well yeah, yeah, I'll deliver this to my I'll have my priest start working on it right away.
2: You know, I, I don't think that's where he intended to go. Sure. But that's once you start down the slippery slope.
0: You open yourself up to that. Yeah. You know,
2: and, I, and I've been there where, you know, I just kind of like, okay, I'll just give in a little bit here. Oh, okay, I'll just give in a little bit more. Okay, I'll just give in a little bit more. Oh, man, I'm in Next a world. thing you
1: know, you're way off plumb. Yeah,
2: not... yeah, yeah. and Yeah. And to undo what you've done takes a lot more faith than it would have to just do the right thing in the first place. Yep. And, um, so yeah, I, whether, whether or not he has a personal faith and just is having a hard time living it out in the public life
0: and leading people in it Yeah. and
2: leading people in it, um, or, or he just doesn't have a personal faith and, and it's bleeding over into everything else he does. I, I don't know if it totally matters because if you are in a position of leadership if you if god is giving you the ability to influence people in whatever arena that is whether it's your neighborhood uh you know a leader of a church you know whatever because i i don't remember signing up for this <laughs> <laughs> no like this was this was not something i thought i was going to do a, a year ago yeah yeah you know i'm from that standpoint i'm like i'm willing to step into it But it wasn't something that a year ago I was going, man, I can't wait to be a lead pastor.
0: I'm just jonesing for that.
2: But now that I'm in it, I have a responsibility to to live it out well. Yeah. And not shy away from whatever conversation I I need to have. Mm -hmm. And not shy away from however God's asking me to lead, lead the people.
0: Sure. Yeah, that applies. I mean, and that applies... From the, the lead pastor on down to, that applies to any of us, like your relationship with your kids, like as you're raising them, like, what are you going to give? What are you going to like? Yeah, what kind of an example
1: are you going to be? And yeah. are you going to lead in a godly way, in a way that doesn't create the necess- the necessity of counseling later on <laughs> you know i mean how do you do that how do you, how do we how do we not you know as we're leading mm-hmm. and we're being as a spiritual head of our household how do we know that the actions that we take are always going to be you know going to have an, a good end result and they're not going to lead to something more traumatic than was sure. our intention you know and um And I think with Ahaz, he as the leader of this, as the kingdom, you know, was his intention to be honoring, or was it his intention to just do whatever, save his people, like they were under attack, like, and just you know, just do what was necessary, and then because none of us has that crystal ball to be able to see the future, so we don't know that sometimes our spiritual witness to the community around us, doesn't come across as being hypocritical or or being less than what we intended it to be. But we have to, I guess, we just rely on God to sort that all out. And, sure. You know,
2: what a difference it would have been, though, if, if has whatever his name, however you say his name. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ahaz! Uh, what a difference it would have been, though, if he would have repented. Oh sure!
1: Asked you know if he hadn't because he seems like a like a stubbornness you know when he says you know I I, will not ask I will not ask I do not like
0: green eggs and ham yeah
2: but even if he had gone to Assyria and said hey help me and then and then they helped him and then he's like
0: thank you oh wait yeah I don't know that is a pretty altar but I don't actually I don't actually need one of those or just not used it when he got back.
2: That's you know, the other
0: thing. He shows up and he does his like it's how far down the slippery slope are you going to let yourself go? Yeah. Sure.
2: Yeah, if you turn around, you know God wanted to work. Yep. He wanted to work. And I and I think this prophecy comes, a prophecy about the Messiah, the coming Messiah, and, and it's not just I mean they they, you know, they heard at the time yeah. one thing, but we know that there's a
0: there's this other level, the, other layer to it.
2: This other layer to it. You know, Matthew yeah. clearly states that this prophecy was fulfilled. Yep. In this. And so from Matthew's perspective, and I think about the, the road to Emmaus, you know, where Jesus had to describe all the prophecies that spoke of him. Like he'd been with him for three years. Mm-hmm. The disciples, but he had to tell them about all these different prophecies that really should have pointed the people to him. But sure, but I think Ahaz is making one of the biggest mistakes of his life, right? Probably the biggest mistake from a leadership level of his life. And the prophecy is about a savior that would come, like, God wants to save. Like, if there was a moment where God could go, I'm going to stomp on you, like, that could have been the message from mm-hmm. Isaiah, right? That wasn't the message. No. The message was, I'm going to send a Savior, because cause you guys the you guys living through your kings, is just going to lead to destruction?
0: I'm just going to keep coming back with the, I'm going to keep giving you chances. That's what God's saying here. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. He's like, yeah. he's... Well, he constantly offers a road to redemption. Yeah. You know, it's not that like, you oh, ro- you
1: missed it. And that road always leads to Christ. So this prophecy leads to the yep. fulfillment in Matthew because God's plan constantly is moving in that direction, even though as his followers, they've kicked the can down the road. Oh, now you got to go down that direction. Okay, so now we're going to, you know, God's sure. going to steer us back.
2: Well, remember the, when... Israel asked for a king God said this is how this is going to play out This is not going to go well for you
0: You're not going to enjoy this
2: And they're going to lead you astray Your kings will lead you astray And that's what Ahaz absolutely did Yeah, Mm -hmm. He led them astray And God said Okay I've let this play out long enough Sure And now I'm going to step in And bring in Christ
1: Yeah. Yeah Good stuff And then when Jesus appeared and he he came, you know, and when he revealed his ministry, he said a time is coming and is now here when you will worship not in a temple, not on a mountain, but you will worship in spirit and in truth. And, you know, here Ahaz with his fake altar and, you know, and all this dons, you know. And this prophecy that talk, talks about Jesus, and then you know, Jesus said, "You know, this is full, This is being fulfilled in your hearing." I'm, you know, I am He who this speaks. You know, and now we have uh, the right way to do it because of the redemption of His ministry.
0: Yep. Good stuff. Yep. Good stuff. I'm glad I stumbled on that context stuff Cause that that made that made this like Advent reading way more fun. Not going to lie. Maybe there might even be one for the Romans passage that I didn't use. Let's be honest. They just threw that in there because the Roman church likes the Romans. (laughs) 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 I'm pretty sure that's why that one ended up in there. Like, there's this one line about the line of David, but other than that, you're like, weak.
2: So you're saying that if we created the Advent tradition today, Mm -hmm. years from now, people would be reading about Mission Ridge?
0: uh they would be reading whatever letter Paul wrote to Mission Ridge. Yes. Like obviously there's there's like it would have to be in the Bible but you know <laughs> I think the Roman I think when the when the Roman Catholic Church was figuring out these uh the, these advent readings or what, you know, the church in Rome's coming up with this stuff the tradition is developing. They're like Oh, you know what we need in here? We need, uh, let's, 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 what's, what, what other, what other gospel book should we use? How about Romans? I like Romans. That's pretty good. No, what's that line in there about like, oh, and all the Romans are great. Yeah. Let's do that. That sounds perfect. (laughs) I'm I'm not saying I'm just saying just, it's a theory. I could be wrong. Mm, Somebody please prove me wrong. I want to be wrong, but I, I but I just I think that's what's going on there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd be curious if the Anglican church has a different set of uh readings. I'll bet they do. That'd be interesting.
0: I'll bet they do. But do a little more. We're just you know, eventually one of these days we're gonna get this liturgical stuff figured out.
2: Or the Eastern Church. Cause that's, oh know, yeah, the Greek Orthodox mm-hmm. for yeah, sure. Yeah, because the Western Church is Yeah, know, they Roman. would
0: Actually know who to ask on that I'm gonna figure that out
2: Ooh, that'd be fun
0: uh no stay tuned I'm gonna come back with that in future weeks maybe but uh well i'll I'll go do do a little research on that but uh yeah we'll we'll figure out this liturgical stuff because I mean that's that's the other thing we've been doing is trying to blend the modern with the old because there is there's depth in this liturgical stuff um, and there's there's history to the church and it's not it's not good to just throw out. The baby with the bath water and be like, No, all of that is bad. Let's sing praise choruses, you know, etc. But uh, I like praise choruses. This I do like praise choruses. Uh, some of them are maybe a little too repetitive, but uh, I also like the 1700 year old hymns. Well, this we, was a nice, that we uh, get a nice deviation for us because the, yeah. church, the church that we
1: attended for 20 years in Southern California probably about six or seven years ago stopped doing Advent and I never I actually I didn't realize that they stopped until I came here and you were doing it and I like, thought wait, oh I, I, yeah I missed that I missed that so sure. it's something that was it was part of our regular routine um, at Christmas time yeah and then it just sort of fell away you yeah. know and it's really nice that. And the way that you did it here at Mission Ridge in a relevant kind of a way, you know, it what it, it didn't feel like it was uh, liturgical, you know, it wasn't one of those...
0: It's not just, we just need to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. It wasn't just a thing we did. You, <laughs> you did it and you brought it to to life,
0: you know, love, joy. I like having Glenn on the podcast. He makes me feel good about our decisions. I know. I'm going to get him. He's going to be on all the time now. I feel
2: so much smarter now. Just patting us on the back. (laughs) You guys are,
1: you are, hey, you have no idea what a blessing you are. I don't know if you know, you know, but shoot.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you.
2: That's good feedback. You
0: you know, I can't think of a better way to end the podcast than right there on that note. My goodness, I'm riding high.
2: You guys have a Merry Christmas. We will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. Next year. Next year. Mm. There you go. Peace. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.